0: Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the JTandthedon or email them at JTandthedon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys.
1: Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Gucci remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It is cherry blossom time in the nation's capital um, <laughs> as, <laughs> as the warm weather is on the way in the in the northeast. So there are a lot of happy people right now in the Northeast. One person, though, who never seems to be in a happy mood when they come on the show is everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today?
0: You know what? First of all, that's a damn lie. I'm always excited to do this show. I'm just not excited to talk to you. See, they're not mutually exclusive. Also, too, I like how you just you've been watching eight mile, haven't you? You just totally eight mile the whole situation. We just talked I about. I don't know what you're talking about. We just talked about your background. So he's using the green screen guy. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, go watch the clips when we post them. This guy had cherry blossoms behind him as his as his background. I'm, I'm like, I've this got is the a nation's sports capital,
1: show. bro. That I've looks got like the,
0: National Geographic. Like, is, what are you doing? So bro. so you so you basically said everything that I was going to say before I said it.
1: You're in the that, battle rap mode today. I that, see what's going on. That you was must my, really, really think you're going to win these arguments. That was my plan. I always do. That That was my plan from the beginning anyway, before I even spoke to you in the production meeting. Plus, you know, we're, we're in the, I am in the DC studio. So there's the background of the Washington Monument and the Cherry Blossoms. I mean, it's just the studio. Like, I, I don't know what you want.
0: You would pick something like this as your background for a sports show. But nonetheless, go ahead.
1: All right. Are you ready? Are you done? Yeah, making I'm, fun I'm ready of as
0: long as I don't have to keep looking at that shit.
1: Uh, well, you're going to have to. So get used to it. Get comfortable. As uh, Julius once said to the uh, quarterback and remember the Titans, get, get comfortable down there. Right. So Deshaun Watson, JT this past week, after a Houston grand jury decided on March 11, not to file criminal charges against Deshaun Watson. He was then traded To the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland traded three first round picks, including the number 13 overall in this year's upcoming draft in April, as well as next year, next year's third round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. So it's this year's first, next year's first, 2024 first, and then a 2023 third and a 2024 fourth. All right. Cleveland gets a 2024 fifth round pick along with Watson. Then they signed Watson to a new fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract. So a couple things to kind of peel back there, JT. But first, as far as the move, was this a good move by the Cleveland Browns?
0: Well, first of all, can we just, peel back that money how much did he get 230 million guaranteed so fully you know I, guaranteed fully guaranteed so you know i ask this every year when we do a free agency show i want to know how much it was due at signing how much did he get when he put his name on the paper so he got 230 million when he signed his name
1: so he no of course he did not get he did not get that much at the time, I was just, I'm
0: just saying, I'm just asking, I want to know if they, you know, they had two thirty and three briefcases ready, like they're doing in the mob movies and they handed it right. over to him. So this is,
1: so this is what it comes down to. He got a $45 million signing bonus. So again, that can be broken up over months or over a year, but a lot of times in the NFL, it is due at signing. There was no particular details on that, but the signing bonus was 45 million. Right. So what that's going to mean for this year is his base salary is only one million dollars. All right. I but, mean, still, that's that's
0: a lot of that's a lot of money for somebody but, who is just about to be in the longest yard. So, But it's
1: but his signing bonus forty five million. So to answer your question, we can presume that when he signs that contract and it's official, forty five million dollars should be going into his bank
0: account. All right. So is it a good move by the Browns? Uh, I got to say, yes, I mean. You always say this, it's the next man up to get paid. So I know the money sounds like a lot, but I mean, he's a when he's on the field, he's an elite quarterback, probably top 7, and also too like salary caps going up, players are going to get more expensive. So I mean, this is the cost of doing business. But for the Browns in particular, I first of all, I think they gave up too little, but I think also too they gave up it's too a, little, too little. I mean, that's, you're saying you, a lot.
1: you're saying Houston should have got more?
0: I think they were they were capped in what they could get because Deshaun basically kind of ran the show because he would have to waive the clause. So I think it gave teams maybe a, not a total discount, but a tiny discount, maybe like a 10%. But nonetheless, I think for the Browns, it's good because one, it solves their quarterback problem. Also, two, you know, the whole Baker Mayfield thing is basically dead. So now they can probably trade him and maybe get some of that capital back that they lost to the Texans. And also, two, I think it just keeps their Super Bowl window not only open for the next maybe four or five years but it just like breaks the window like wide open so like they have to be you know maybe like a top six favorite to to go to the Super Bowl like with him on that team so like their arrow their stock is all the way up I mean it's I don't see how this is a bad move because I'm not even like I said I'm not looking at the money but it's an excellent move for the Browns like this might like I've never seen a quarterback like in a Cleveland uniform. Like, how long has it been since we have that you've been excited about a quarterback like this in Cleveland?
1: Well, I'm, I'm I'm never gonna be <laughs> I'm never gonna be excited about a quarterback in Cleveland as a Steeler fan and and get your history right. Unitis never played for the Cleveland Browns. I would say for Cleveland fans, probably Bernie Kosar. That's my point exactly.
0: Kosar Kosar would be the most excited you've ever been, and now you got Deshaun, like.
1: Hey, that's not a knock against Kozar. You're just saying it's been so long. It's been so long. Right. Well, one, I got to disagree with you off the bat in terms of that they gave up too little. I mean, Russell Wilson cost two firsts and two seconds. Here, Cleveland's giving up three firsts for a guy who is not completely out of the civil lawsuits. And two, so who knows what new info can come. But two, also... The guy hasn't played in a year. He hasn't played with any of these guys, never learned the system. It's going to probably take a good year for him to really gel, in my opinion. But to get to the answer first, JT, I got to get on my high horse a little bit here. And you we do normally sort of do that. We but go ahead. We normally we we never badmouth players for performance on the field. Right. Like, I, I don't think we ever do. And I'm not going to do that here. But who I am going to bad mouth is the organization of the Cleveland Browns. All right, they come out with some statement on Sunday about which I don't believe at all in terms of their statement and what they say in it, in that, you know, they did, and I quote here, extensive research, all right, on this investigation and, and on this issue and on Deshaun Watson. And then, and I quote here again, their the team is aware and empathetic to personal reactions to this situation and this topic, right? Well, let me ask you this in terms of aware and empathetic. Did you ask the trainers how they're going to feel about dealing with Deshaun Watson? Or did you ask how the massage therapists on the team in particular, the females are going to feel about having a guy like Deshaun Watson in the building now. And then on top of that, you talk about extensive research. Well, guess as soon as that statement came out, counsel for the 22 women in the civil lawsuit came out and said, Hey, I never heard from the Cleveland Browns. So how can you say you've done extensive research? You You've investi- What did you investigate? Did you reach out to counsel of the 22 plaintiffs to find out, hey, what evidence is there that we should be concerned about this guy, right? Forget the possible suspension down the road, but just as a character, right, as far as Deshaun's character, what did you learn about him besides bringing him in for an interview? What did you think? He's going he's to fall on the sword and be like, I did all of that and I'm sorry? No, of course not. Like, he's not going to admit to that. So what other research did you do, all right? And the reason why I'm calling them out for two reasons. One, JT, if they felt this way, right, about the investigation and they did extensive research, why did they wait to make this trade until after the Houston grand jury decided not to indict them? If you felt that good about your investigation, you should have made the move prior to the non-indictment when you could have actually got Deshaun Watson probably for less than three first-round picks, all right? So that's why I called the organization out, and I believe that's a bunch of BS on their statement. And then two, why does the media, the national media, always seem to give a pass to the Cleveland Browns in these situations? Because they didn't draft the guy that is going through, you know, some pretty serious allegations. And again, for Deshaun, they're allegations, right? But I go back to Kareem Hunt. There's video of what he did, yet Kansas City had to cut him and Cleveland picks him up and no one has an issue and they're doing it again. Why don't they ever get called out on? Now, listen, we're we are a society of second chances. And you and I believe in second chances, especially when someone is remorseful and can learn from their actions. No doubt. But how come a guy like Ray Rice in Baltimore have to end that relationship? Yet Cleveland always seems to come in and no one calls them out on. So I just want to put that out there before I get to the football side of it, because Cleveland, I I, I just need to call the organization out on. It. No, and no, I,
0: I actually I'm actually glad you went there because I think it needs to be said that, you know, I don't want anybody to think on this show that we take those allegations lightly. Like uh, we've been, uh, we've, been right. we've been we've been on record saying that you know, this is very serious. Absolutely. Like if, if this is in any way true, he should be playing, he should be in jail. And, Absolutely. you know, I, I do agree with you. I feel like Cleveland they're kind of like the Patriots in that way too. Like they always get to take on the talented troublemakers when no other organizations can without backlash. Right. And I don't understand like, you know, why Cleveland is, you know, gets to be that team. But yeah, I mean, I do feel like if you're going to take this on, you know, you got to face the music. It's just, it's no different than like when Michael Vick got out of jail and you know, he went back to the NFL, that team had the answer. It, it, everywhere he went, they had the answer. Right. So, you totally know, an animal, answer. animal, animal, animal yeah. rights activists and things like that. So right. I just want to make sure I want to add on to what you said. I just want to make sure that until these until these civil lawsuits, you know, actually get settled or whatever is going to happen with them. Like, I just don't want this to fade into the background and Cleveland just not have to answer and be accountable for why Deshaun right. Watson is on your team. So right. I just don't want that to go into the background. And I do want them to have to be front and center of, hey, look, we paid this guy. We stand. We're standing behind him and we're going to face the music of wh- whatever comes our way. So I want to make sure that they are being held to that standard.
1: And and since we are a sports show, like the question, you know, we do need to talk about the sports side of it. Right. Like on the field, as 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 you had yeah. answered. So so I'll answer it and as far as football wise. I mean, JT. They needed to make a move like this. So you're, you're right. They, they needed to make a move to get not just a, a big time player, but at the quarterback position. And that's what they did here. Like, you're right. That window right now is open now because we've talked about it before. And, you know, I harp on this. Defenses don't last forever. Miles Garrett and company is not going to last forever, right? This isn't the 70s and 80s anymore, right? Free agency, major injuries can impact that. And then the running game. I mean, you're seeing Nick Chubb being injured extended periods over the last two years. Kareem Hunt's been, you know, he was, speaking of Kareem Hunt, he was injured a little bit this past year. So that dominant running game is not going to last forever either. So if you never bring in a quarterback like this, that window is going to close because ask Dallas in Denver, right? They've had defenses, they've had a running game with Zeke, like it doesn't last forever. So the thing I do think that the Cleveland made a mistake as far as the on-field stuff relates to the off-field is the contract. JT Deshaun signed a four-year extension at the beginning of the 2020 season for 100. Yeah, that's
0: that's what I thought. I thought he already yeah, had a contract. He
1: he did 177 and a half million for four years starting in 2020, but that was an extension. So he hadn't even started that new four-year deal that he signed in Houston yet, because that was an extension and not a new contract yet. He hadn't hit free agency. So that would have lasted through 2025. So I don't understand a guy that has 22 allegations, granted, is not going to face criminal charges, but also hasn't played a down in over a year. Why are you giving this fully guaranteed deal? Make him earn that four years, $177.5 million, And if he balls out this year, He's still under contract, then give him a new deal or give him the extension on top of those three years. So, that part, JT, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I don't, I think that's where Cleveland, once again, doing Cleveland things. Like you said, they right. haven't had a quarterback since Kozar and Testaverdi. They went too far with that contract.
0: Well, I will say this one in theory you're right two things one let's not forget this is Cleveland where you go to those games there you can probably count about maybe 10 different quarterback jerseys of that fans have on the stand so they are desperate for a quarterback but also two, I think because him like the like how crazy free agency has been I just think that this is probably the cost of doing business with Deshaun Watson in the Texans like it was going to be I'm going to have to get a brand new deal that's on par with what the current market value is. Like, I don't, I think he would have signed this deal or something similar to it regardless of where he would have ended up. So I'm not going to throw as much, uh, I guess salt on Cleveland because they, you know, didn't honor the extension that he already had and gave him a new one. Cause I think any new team was going to have to do that.
1: And and I agree. And we'll go to the next question, but I just want to throw this out there. It's more of just kind of throwing it out there. You don't need to answer it, but Again, how far is too far, right? Yes, you want to bring in a guy like this, but what if it's costing you seventy million against the cap just because you're outbidding the agency, next man? You're gonna always overpay. All right, it's, it's, it's so, it but means. it doesn't always make it right. You know it's what not. I mean? So why did speaking of of picking the Browns? Why did Watson choose the Browns over? And these teams were in the running. Basically, the whole NFC South except Tom Brady's Buccaneers the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers, and was it the right move by Deshaun going to Cleveland?
0: So other than just to go to the AFC North and piss you off, um, (laughs) this is actually, I think it was a really smart and calculated move by him because look at the Falcons, you look at the Panthers, they have the same issues. Battle lines, the teams just seem to be struggling. Their weapons are either not there or they're, you know, on a decline. So especially the Falcons, Calvin Ridley probably might not even be there. And all, they, all they're all they going to have is Kyle. Pitt.
1: Hey, they still got Kyle Pitts. They took him in the top five. Hey, everything's and okay know, in Atlanta. I know
0: he's being facetious right now because he fucking hates Kyle Pitts. I don't but, hate,
1: I didn't like the pick. I thought Atlanta messed up. Kyle Pitts, I don't know the guy personally. We get so you, of course we get you. You won't be wearing a
0: Kyle Pitts jersey. But I mean, the Falcons and the Panthers are basically in the same position, just battle lines, uh, questionable weapons for the long term. And I just feel like those teams are all either always in rebuild mode or they're on their way to rebuild mode again. And then the saints who I thought on the surface was a good option, but to be honest with you, I feel like people don't want to admit this, but I think Sean Payton leaving that job makes it less desirable than people would like to feel comfortable saying out loud. Now, with that being said, the Browns, I know they're the Browns, but when you look at it, it's really a good choice because It's the best online group of those options. I know we talked about how injured the running backs are, but when they do play, they're probably the best tandem in the league. They have the best running backs. They have really good tight ends. I think also too, like you said, that defense does have some nice pieces and they do play very well with Miles Garrett. And then also too, he just got Amari Cooper, which is, you know, I don't know what he's got left in the tank, but he could get it done as a wide receiver one. And it's the best, option on the table for him for instant success so I think the tools that he had to work with in Cleveland plus the money made it an easy decision
1: you know at first I had no clue here like that was going to be my answer no clue JT but you you brought up a really interesting thing when we were talking about at the end there that last question of you know Cleveland basically bidding being the highest bidder to the Texans not only for the draft picks, but the highest bidder to Deshaun. Because the reason why I picked Cleveland was, is 230 million guaranteed reasons, right? Like- It's a
0: lot of zeros, a lot of
1: M's. (laughs) That is, it is a lot of guarantee. Like, I don't think, going back to your point, I actually don't think now that I sit here and think about it, you bring up a good point. I don't think the Saints, Falcons, or Panthers, they may have matched the draft picks, but they probably weren't willing to match what Deshaun wanted. And that was the reason why he's he's like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen with these civil suits. I'm going 230 million guaranteed, because if you look at it, JT, you bring up a lot of interesting points. But I disagree with you in that it was the smart move because it's the AFC North Baltimore and and Pittsburgh historically are always going to have. They're they're always
0: going to be competitive. They're going to be in your
1: face defensively. That's the thing defensively in your face. That's four games since he now has Burrow Baltimore now has Lamar. And we talked about it on our previous shows. The AFC is loaded with young quarterbacks. And I know you don't want me to repeat all their names, so I won't do it this time. I'll tell you what,
0: just (laughs) go ahead and say the one you really want to say. Just say his name. I'll give you a free pass. Who, Justin Herbert? There you go. Damn, you went right to him, too.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, all of those guys. And now Derek Carr with the Devontae Adams, who we'll get to in a little bit. But, I mean, JT, I don't know why you would go to the AFC. The reason you go to the NFC South is exactly what you said. None of those other teams are ready to make the playoffs. So guess what? You've only got to compete with Tom Brady and the Bucs probably one more year. I can see Brady doing the same thing he did this year and saying, you know what? I had one more year. I got it all out of my system. I'm done. And guess what? It now becomes Deshaun's division for the next 10 years because I don't think Carolina, Atlanta, anybody is going to take a quarterback or find that franchise QB in this draft. So I think that's where he made a mistake. He could have went to a far inferior division instead of he wants to go to the AFC North. So it's got to be because of the money.
0: So basically you wanted him to be Aaron Rodgers and be like, all right, I'm going to stay in the easiest position possible to get to a Super Bowl. Which I get it is smart, but also too, like you said, Deshaun was not in the situation where he was guaranteed to have his cake and eat it too. You kind of had to go where... Your financial future was the most secure, and that's probably Cleveland.
1: And that's probably why he picked them because of the money. And I'm just saying, I still think it's a wrong choice, longevity wise, because I think he'd have more success in the NFC South. Hey, look, man,
0: everybody getting broke off this off season. We talk. Can we talk about Tay Adams?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So we got to go to the other big sign, and obviously. Um, This past week, as announced by the Packers, uh, they traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders for this year's first round and second round pick and number 22 and number 53 overall, respectively. So, Don, why did Devontae Adams choose, one, not to sign the franchise tag with the Packers and also force his way out of Green Bay? Like, why do you think those events occurred?
1: One reason, one big reason, JT. Aaron Rodgers. He's the reason for all of this. And it starts back to last year. Aaron Rodgers creates all this drama, doesn't know if he's going to be there long term, doesn't even know if he's going to play 2021 for Green Bay. He maybe he's going to retire. He starts talking about it last year. So guess what happens during the extension talks with Devante? They break off. I don't I think it was probably Devante's decision, which I don't blame him. Why does he want to be locked into a place where he doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be? So A-Rod got in his feelings last year. A-Rod got in his feelings at the end of this season, throughout all of this season, at the end of this season, should have made a decision much earlier, is still talking about retirement, JT. Like he is talking about retirement so he doesn't commit soon enough. And then then he signs this huge contract money-wise, but who knows if he'll play out the three years right? And at the end of the day, the other reason why it's Aaron Rodgers, he never built that relationship from what we can see on the outside that Devontae wants to play for him and stay in Green Bay just for him. But you know what he's willing to do? He's willing to go to Las Vegas because he gets to play with his guy, Derek Carr. They have quite the relationship, even though they're in different conferences, but he has that bond and relationship with a guy that he hasn't played with. They got to the NFL together. Yeah, they got together in the NFL, but he never played with Carr in the NFL when Aaron Rodgers, you know, how many times MVP? Like, so it's funny that he's willing to just jump shit and go to Carr and the Raiders. So that is why I put it all on A-Rod. Based on last year, this year's retirement talks, and then their personal relationship, that he doesn't seem to have with any of his teammates. So, A-Rod, this is all you're doing. I can't blame Green Bay, and I don't blame Devontae Adams.
0: Mm, man, I tell you what, we put we put that up. You already know they're coming for you in the comment section. And I think you don't give a damn, right? P-
1: please bring it.
0: <laughs> so um I obviously I agree with you. And we I actually posted about this uh earlier this week. And I, I think that's exactly what it was. It's the combination of he wanted stability and also he wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And I do think he wanted to play with his friend, Derek Carr. They obviously played at Fresno state together, both made each other, you know, NFL prospects and in getting into the league. And I think you're right. Like every off season, it is Aaron Rodgers drama. Like, will he or will he not stay? Like, what's making him happy? What's making him unhappy? Like, everything seems to revolve around him. And I think what Devontae Adams is like, look, the only way I'm staying in Green Bay is if you're here. But I don't trust that you're going to either stay or give me the the 100% truth on what's going to happen and what you want to do. Like, I never felt like they were on the same page with their plans. And I think he can trust Derek Carr 100%. So he's like, hey, look, that option is way more appealing than, you know, being here with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and also too like I know we got attacked in the comments for this but I will say this I think the Green Bay Packers fans are delusional about one thing they're like well you know Aaron Rodgers got this new deal and you know it was this cat friendly deal and you know he did it you know to free up this money and they were going to offer Devontae more than the Raiders but here's the thing sometimes it's not about what you do it but how you do it it's about optics if Aaron Rodgers has been extended and been paid many, many times already, like he don't exactly need the money. Like Devontae, this is his first like major, major payday. So the first time you guys have this much money to spend and you want us to believe that you want him to stay long term in green Bay. The first thing you do is you take all the money first. Like you gotta be first and getting the headlines. You gotta be first and getting your deal. It's like, I say this all the time to you. And like with fantasy, it's like Aaron Rodgers is the typical Nobody wins until I win. And like that bros people the wrong way. Like he should have let Devontae get broke off first with his deal. And then whatever they have left over, you'll take that money. Because you're just going to renegotiate in two or three years anyway. So like why not let Devontae, who you claimed as your buddy, win now? And then you get the leftover money that you really don't need. So yep. I, think that's why, I think that's why he left is he's just sick of his shit. And he's like, you know what? Aaron Rodgers showed his true colors for the last time. And he's like, I'm over it.
1: Yep. And he's probably saying, I see the other receivers on that roster. Good luck, Aaron Rodgers. Let's see how you do now. Oh, absolutely. I I do think he wants
0: to create his own legacy and kind of stick it to him and say, look, I could do this without you. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. It's like the Brady leaving New England thing. So let's go to the team level. Uh, First, was it a good move by the Raiders?
1: It's a great move by the Raiders, and I'll tell you why. They simply cannot get out of their own way with first round picks anyway. So who cares if they don't have this year's first-round pick? They made the playoffs, so it's going to be a high first-round pick. It's going to be a high second-round pick. Go look at their first-round first, first round history since 2015. In 2015, they drafted Amari Cooper, right? Good pick. But then they traded him anyway. And then you go – you look at 2016, Carl Joseph, not a, not with any team right now. You look at 2017, Garyon Conley, not with any team right now. 2020, rugs and, and uh, Damon Arnett. I don't know if Arnett signed anywhere, but we know Ruggs is not signed no, I anywhere. Think he's still on the street. So, so <laughs> like, I, I mean, they, what were they gonna do? They weren't gonna find a Devontae Adams with this pick, even at another position, because they would probably have butchered it anyway. So, with with me, it's like they finally have a legit weapon, like legit, legit weapon for Derek Carr. And it only cost a first and second round pick, which in the end. Maybe they hit on the second round pick, but you know for sure history shows Raiders are not going to hit on the first round pick, especially not a guy of Devontae's level. And Devontae helps the running game now. He helps Brian Edwards, I think, develop because they love him a lot. So I that think
0: he's going to, they, they're going to glue Brian Edwards to the bench. He might not even make it out of camp.
1: Well, they like him a lot. So maybe he can develop. Hunter Renfro is going to find himself way more open. And I'll tell you the reason why I like this move a lot. If they had Devontae against Cincy, Cincy doesn't even sniff the Super Bowl last year because the Raiders win that game. They could not get open on four downs inside the 10, and they had no one to go to. Now, you better go four times the Devontae Adams. So that's why I think, and this is the other thing, at the end, like I said, at the end of that Bengals game, Devontae, I think, wins the game, and the Raiders move on. This is a great move by, by the Raiders.
0: You know what's funny? You are. So, this is why I don't like you. This is why I hate doing shows with you. Like you, are, you are a walking contradiction. Because if this was a running back, you'd be all over. You'd be so pissed off. So how do I, I let me how let, my let me, but, let, but let, how am let, I contradicting let me, let me my? Fin- you
1: know finish. where I stand let with me,
0: that. Let me finish. If this were a running back, you'd be mad, and you. I know how you feel about non-quarterbacks getting paid. You know quarterback money. So you're not exactly always on board with that. So I'm actually shocked that you were. You know a okay with this.
1: I think left tackles should get paid the most. What do you oh, talking I think? They about? Should. I'm not
0: arguing that, but it's cornerbacks pay
1: the cornerbacks that can actually this shut is a guys down as
0: wide receiver. I do think here's the thing I feel like it's a move they had to make because one, their division is so loaded now, and it's you know, all the rage of the offseason news is AFC West is getting loaded more loaded and more loaded by the day. So they kind of had to make a splash move so they can keep up with the arms race. But to be honest with you, I really did not like this move that much for a few reasons. One, they're paying him all-time money. Like, what's what's that? What's that number again? What is it? It's uh five, it's five years or 41 million dollars, 28 million per season. And I'm pretty sure the guaranteed amount due as signing was pretty high too. So they're paying him quarterback money, and he's not a quarterback, and they're paying him really at the age where you start to see wide receivers decline in the NFL, like this dude's going to be 30 before the next, for the playoffs start next year. So I just don't like it because if it doesn't work out right away, it's really going to leave them cap strapped for the next few years. And I don't think the Raiders are good enough to all of a sudden just go into Rams mode and say, you know, like, fuck the picks. Like we don't care. Like we're trying to win it right now. Cause I just don't think, they are a Devontae Adams away from being in the Super Bowl. I, I just really don't. So from from where I think that they did bad self-assessment and they were probably, you know, thinking they were better than they were, like, I just really didn't think it was the best move that they could make. But I like the player, so I want to see him succeed. Now, let's flip it around. The Packers letting him go, do you think that, do you think that was a good or a bad move?
1: Well, I can't let go what those comments you just said there, because I think you're wrong. One. Of course you do. One. Did you want the Raiders not to make any moves and just no, sit, I'm, I'm and not, just sit not in I, nine not and eight, ten and that's seven purgatory? Saying.
0: I started I started so you don't listen. I started saying by saying I understand what I understood why they did it, because. They had to, but like, then the you're criticizing get, them. The though. vision's getting loaded, but okay. You like, want them to
1: just start tanking? They the, had no other no option. I'm
0: saying, but Devontae Adams is not the only wide receiver available that can make a big impact.
1: He's, like he's, he's the best one out there. You want is, to change your team? Is, but you need yeah, him. Did you
0: have to sign him to a five-year, okay. three hundred million dollar deal? And, like that's the
1: part I don't. In that, okay. And let me explain why I like it. Yes, it's five years, hundred forty million. But if you do.
0: Go if ahead, you, Rose. If, go, go ahead, Harry Roseman. Break you, it down. Break down. I'll break it numbers, down that's for the only you. Reason we got you on Guarantee the
1: that signing. Guarantee that signing 22.75 million. All right. Then he eventually gets another 42.9 in 2023, right? So at the end of the day, JT, it's really only a three-year deal worth 67.5 million. Because after the 2024 season, all right. They can cut him and he's only 7.7 of dead cap. So it's perfect. You get him 29 going into 32 years old. Because after, like I said, after that third year, it's really only a three-year deal worth 67 and a half million based on guarantees in the dead cap. So you get him three years, basically the, the best prime years remaining for him. And then if he doesn't, if you don't do well, he doesn't produce and Carr is on the way out too. You can cut him and it's only going to cost you 7.7 7 in dead cap. That's after the 2024 season. So three years, take a run. Now going no, go to ahead. listen,
0: go I, I just don't think facts. you're Devontae Adams away from, from a the, Super Bowl, but, but I understand but, you have to take the swing. I get but, it. But but part yeah, of it still but, a lot of money.
1: But to you, how is three years 67 million a lot of money? Like at this point, guys are getting paid way more than that at other positions. All of a sudden, so I mean, I don't know. Cooper Cup, would you have helped them win you a Super Bowl? The
0: would have made that move if they would have paid a wide receiver that much money.
1: If we had Derek Carr, I'd be, I would be fine with it. You'd be all with, with the okay. team. With the team we have, but we don't have Derek Carr. Yeah, so why Kibisky, would whiskey, man? <laughs> it could be, good, it could be Derek Carr. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly right, why so we're both laughing. So Packers, listen, they had no choice, JT. Like, they did the best they could to try to keep him, all right, while dealing with all of Aaron Rodgers' drama, all right? So that was a headache in itself. And they actually, listen, they got a nice return for a wide receiver. Yeah, I am about to say, all right? they, got, they, got, they got
0: some good <laughs> compensation in return.
1: A first-round pick and a second round, which is essentially, what did you say, a 22nd and the 53rd overall, like, for a wide receiver? listen, he's probably the best wide receiver, but that's still a really good haul for him. Now, the question is, JT, what do they do with those picks, right? It's always great to get the picks, but the true answer is going to be what they do with those picks. So listen, at the end of the day, I thought Green Bay did the best they could under the situation, knowing that at the end of the day, Devontae wanted out anyway.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I actually think that The Packers did an excellent job. One, I'm going to go back to to what I said before, and this is not a shot at Devontae. Like, I think he's a beast. Obviously, like, we think he's, like, it's like him and Cooper Cup are, like, 1A, 1B, best receivers in the league. But I like how the Packers, they did not go against what they normally do culture-wise, which is, like, overpay for something that they feel like they normally wouldn't do. Like, they didn't overpay for a wide receiver that, like I said, it's going to be 30 before the playoffs start next year. And like, that's usually the time where wide receivers start to slow down. It's usually like 28 to 30 is like that range. They start to slow down. And then also let's not act like Devontae Adams has been like the most healthiest guy on the planet. Like he's going to miss some games. Now when he plays, he's a beast, but he's going to miss some games. And I applaud the Packers for, you know, saying like, Hey, we're going to award the most important position in the quarterback. And we're just not going to go to that price amount to keep, this really, really good wide receiver will go back to the draft or we'll, you know, do some bargain, honey, or something. And we're not going to um, hinder ourselves financially for the future. And I like what they did. Listen,
1: he's 29, going to be 29, 30, 31. You're acting like he's an old man. My goodness, but, relax. But you're but you but
0: you're acting like receivers don't slow down at that But end. you know, they the do. other
1: thing, but JT, he's going to be, he's going to be out of that cold weather playing in the now. domes. He, oh, now you like the domes. I mean listen for him absolutely for Green Bay no like the, the cold should be an advantage but for him with hamstrings and ankles he's going to feel fine in that in that desert air
0: yeah he's going he's going from the frozen tundra to the uh the grass turf which is not good that's obj all
1: right so NFL free agency JT it has been kind of unbelievable so let's discuss some of the other moves and signings Um, in particular, though, let's do some, they're kind of like predictions in a sense, or at least our personal opinion. So, first thing up I want to ask is so far, you know, as of today, we're recording this on Sunday, March 20th. What would you say so far is the best free agent signing?
0: To be honest with you, there are there are a lot of good signings, a lot of guys going under the radar, you know, they're getting good, you know bargain prices but the one that wasn't kind of like the main headline sign that stood out to me that I really really liked was the Eagles resigning Fletcher Cox to a 1-year was a 14 million dollar deal and it was funny because they cut him before and I was like well, what are they doing like Fletcher Cox is still a beast but obviously they cut him so they can avoid paying him a fully guaranteed 18 million dollars going into this year so You reworked his deal, got his guaranteed money down. And now you have one of the best D linemen in the league, not named Aaron Donald on a one-year prove it deal, probably playing for his last like big time contract. Like I think you're going to get the best out of him. So I like what the Eagles did there.
1: You know, I'm going to go with, and I kind of foreshadowed this earlier. I'm going to go with um, J.C. Jackson being signed by the L.A. Chargers. I mean, he was in New England. He's only 26. So he's not 29, JT. He's not that old. He's 26. Now they did sign him five years, 82 and a half million, which sounds like a lot. 40 of it's guaranteed. So only half of it's guaranteed. And listen, he's had, what, 25 interceptions so far? Mm-hmm. Like he's on an incredible pace. But he trails, according to PFF, since 2018, JT. I know you'll like, you'll like these sort of stats. He trails only Stefan Gilmore. For highest man coverage grade. So, I mean, the dude is essentially a shutdown corner. He may be the best shutdown corner in the game right now. Now, my concern would be how are the Chargers going to use him? Don't put him in a zone, like maybe man on his side and a zone on the other, but you've got to use his best skills, which right now at the age of 26 is man coverage. And again, at five years, 82 and a half million, hey, the Chargers have a lot of offenses to stop in that division in the AFC this is a good start to it
0: I will say this you brought up a good point I actually like JC Jackson as, as a corner I mean he's always picking off the Dolphins and he make Tua look like we shouldn't keep him so he's definitely a good player I do worry about like going to the Chargers because it's cursed like we are like the Chargers yeah. haven't signed really yeah. good players before especially <laughs> DBs and like it just doesn't work out for whatever reason that's true and I do worry about like how they'll use him because it was either him or stefan gilmore was talking about um like basically how the patriots run the most like man like concepts yeah. for dbs in the league like yep. like it's not the same everywhere else so right i, I don't I, I i'm wondering if they're going to get the same production value out of him as because he might not be playing the same way as they use them in new england so i think that's a legitimate concern.
1: Well, we're going to see what Staley is worth in terms of a head coach slash defensive mind, right? Hopefully, he can figure it out, and he's not trying to, you know, put a, a square peg into a circle, you know, into a, a, a round a, hole, a, a man, round you hole.
0: Know, you, know you know the I'm, analogy. He, you know, I, the, clearly you don't. You but he also, um, he coached Jalen Ramsey, so I, I'm assuming he knows what he's doing when it yeah. comes to getting the best out of star players. So you would
1: we'll hope We'll see what happens. We'll see. All right. So which signing? I know we always like to do this one and we're usually wrong, but which signing will a team regret?
0: There's so many. And you
1: know, what? <laughs> you know there's so many. You're, it's funny because you, you said there's so many good ones, which I agree. And then there's so many ones teams will regret, which I agree with you, too.
0: So I'm not going to pick the obvious one because I have a feeling you're going to say it. Leave it for it. me. If not, we'll mention it at the end because it's obviously egregious. But there were two that that kind of stood out to me as like they really didn't need to happen. So I'm just going to give you two really quick. One, the Falcons signing the kicker uh, Youngway coup to a, th- a five year, twenty four million dollar deal. Like, I don't get that. First of all, the Falcons are in cap hell now that they're stuck with Matt Ryan. No Calvin Ridley like. How is this going to make your team better? And also, too, like, I don't understand why teams do this. Like, we see this all the times with kickers. Like, they have a breakout, they get signed to a big deal, then they go into the tank, and then the team cuts them, and then, like, the cycle starts all over again. Chris Boswell, 2.0, how'd that work out for the Steelers? Like, that's a bad move by the Falcons. And then the other one was, which made no sense to me, the Seahawks re-signing uh, tight end Will Disley. What was it three years, $24 million? First of all, you just traded for a really, really good tight end in Noah Fant. And then also, too, Disley is old as hell. He's always hurt. And he's a blocking tight end. Like, you can go draft a million of those. Like, why are you going to sign him to a $24 million contract? Like, dumb ass Seahawks. Like, I do not understand that at all. So those two really, really pissed me off. And I think those are two really bad ones that the teams will regret.
1: Well, I got to say, as far as Boswell, he came through at the end of the season, right? He had some struggles early on in that contract. But at the end of this past year, he he was on fire. Um, and listen, JT, I don't think anymore you can blame teams for signing kickers, man. We've seen in overtime games, we've seen guys miss extra points. Like, listen, you have a Justin Tucker that can kick it from 65. Man, That's he, a game changer now. I,
0: I agree with you. He Kickers are important, but. Justin Tucker is such a, like, a, like a rare exception. Like
1: there's a lot of kids that, Justin Tucker, JT. I mean, so maybe he's been
0: Justin they, Tucker for as long as I can remember. But
1: maybe that's what the Falcons think they have.
0: Like, like that's not the history on kickers. Like Justin Tucker is not, not the, not the norm. Like he grew into Justin Tucker and then he stayed there. Like you see kickers get hot and then they fall off. Like it happens. Like Greg Zerlon. Like he was one of the best kickers in the league. Like. Now he's missing kicks all the time. Like it, ha- it happens, man. Like kickers are. I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but they ain't they're, They are not worth that much money. And like Chris Boswell, y'all could have spent that money
1: elsewhere. But who you got? So are you saying the obvious ones, Von Miller?
0: No, because um, because that's I, who I have. So the I'll obvious go... one to me was Christian Kirk.
1: Oh, okay, okay, like, that's true. I think
0: they'll. I think they'll regret that just because that's true. I go think ahead. it's it's too much uncertainty. Like, I mean, I, we think Christian Kirk is a really good player, but we just haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, it could be it's one of those either it's a genius move or it's you right. know really, really bad. But go ahead, Von Miller, break that down. I was not expecting you to go there.
1: So I was going to say, though, maybe they're paying Christian Kirk the way teams probably should in the anticipation of what they're going to do and not what they've done in the past. So we'll see. Good, good work. But I go Von Miller, JT. You, you want to criticize Devontae Adams for being 29 and getting a five-year deal. I mean, Vaughn Miller's 32. JT, he's going to, on March 26th, in less than a week, he turns 33. And you signed him to a six-year deal, $120 million with 51 of it guaranteed? I mean, come on. His cap hit. Listen, they can't even cut him after the 2023 season because his cap hit, Is still going to be as high as 18.7 as far as the dead cap. So you've got him at least three more years, three more years at that at that price. Like that's insane. And you go look at what he's done. 2019 only had eight sacks, 2020. Guess what he did in 2020? Do you remember?
0: Was that an injury shortened season? Yeah,
1: he didn't play. (laughs) He didn't play. And then 2021, he bounced back a little bit, four and a half sacks. For Denver in seven games, went to the Rams five sacks in eight games. Now he showed up at the end of games in the playoffs, and that's why you pay him. But that's not why you pay him six years, hundred twenty million, like because that's not going to matter unless you get to that part of the season, right? Is he helping you get there? That's why you're paying the yeah, six years,
0: like like, like hundred twenty million. You're acting like you have like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey right. in the house, so all this dude has to come in and just like clean up the extra garbage, like they're counting on him to be Aaron Donald with that money. Like I I know it's essentially a three-year deal, but it's one of them three-year deals where like he's going to be on the team because if you said the cat ramifications, right. I was really shocked by that deal. And the reason I didn't put it on the list as like the ones that I did not like is because like, I felt like there was too much interest in him around the league to where I think a lot of teams don't think he's done. So they might know a little bit more than we do, but I'm like, I'm with you. Like, before he got to LA, like this dude was on a decline in Denver, like missing seasons, missing games. I feel like every four or five games he was getting hurt, and he wasn't the same. Von Miller goes to a loaded LA team, you know, seen a lot of single, you know, one on one blocks, and now, you know, he makes some plays. You don't hit that's, that's the type of dude you give like a like a one year, like, all right, like the Fletcher minimum. Cox,
1: Fletcher yeah. Cox type deal. Exactly. Yeah. Like at 33, man, like, you
0: paid him like he's Aaron Donald. Like, I don't get it, man. Like, or this is like, Von Miller from four or five years prime
1: right Von Miller of his prime is what the way they paid him and you know I J.J. Watt money man like for (laughs) for uh, for six years a 100 something million dollars he better be
0: Lawrence Taylor
1: yeah he's getting 20 million you know he's getting 20 million dollars for a year basically on average and you look at what he did he had nine and a half sacks this year now granted listen we we Like I said earlier in the show, we don't bash guys for performance on the field, but it's things like this where we're bashing the team, not Von Miller. If you're Von Miller, take the money. And we're not bashing what you've done. Yeah, and we're not we're not bashing what you've done. We're just saying we don't think going forward, because that's the way contracts should be done. Moving forward, we just don't feel like this is the best value for the Buffalo Bills. So now, speaking of value. Which signings, JT, have gone or what which signing, give me one signing that has gone under the radar that people should be talking about more than they have been as far as like nationally.
0: So it's funny you brought up Von Miller because like the guy that I'm gonna mention, like based on his production, he should get the Von Miller money. And it's uh Hassan Reddick, the edge rusher that the Eagles signed. He was on what the Cardinals last year. And then before that, uh, he was with the Panthers last year. Before that, he was with the Cardinals. I feel like Hassan Reddick has been one of the top pass rushers in the league past maybe like three, four years. Like, he's always going to hit double digit sacks. You know, that's my, that's my stat that I love. And Eagles got him for three years, 45 million, 30 million guaranteed. I'm like, what? Like, that dude has, he's probably what, top five in the sacks last four years. Like, and he's healthy, he plays all the games. And that's what you paid him. Why Von Miller gets broke off with the with the Supermax? Like, that, that deal should be getting talked about more. The Eagles are, I don't know how they're doing it, who their capologist is. I don't know how he's getting it together up there. But between that and the Fletcher Cox deal, like, they should be one of the top winners of free agency because that is a crazy-ass deal for a dude that's an impact player.
1: You know, I thought, and I almost was going to go with this one, I thought you were going to go with the Dolphins re-signing. Um, you know their their own guy, um, who's the D lineman that you guys just resigned? Oh, Agba. Agba.
0: I like the reason I didn't. I say like that is signing. I'm Not, worried about him. You you know how much I love double digit sacks for D lineman. That's like my litmus test whether right. you're gonna be in without my without
1: family. JJ Watt on the other side. Yeah,
0: without JJ Watt on the other side, I'm like Agba's had exactly nine and a half the last two years. But it's like if nine and a half sacks ever felt fluky as hell it's like him like i'm I'm just so nervous about him i just don't he just doesn't impress me as a as a nine to ten sack guy so i was like do we really have to play ball with ogba but i mean i mean nine sacks is nine sacks he 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 fell on the quarterback nine times somehow past two years each so wow. I, I just didn't love it so i i, I it, it is what it was like i to be honest if you gonna mention the dolphins when i actually like the flyer that we took on raheem Moster, like He's with the guy that, you know, knows how to use him. He's going to know that system. If he can stay healthy for, let's say, 80% of the games, I think he's a damn good back still. So I actually think that's a good value deal for us yeah.
1: more than the Ogba one. That's true. We both like most a lot. Um, you know, I felt the one that went under the radar and probably should stay under the radar because it's not big. But I think for this team, it can rectify the Von Miller signing a little bit and help them when they need it the most. Don't you do it into the playoffs, but Buffalo signed defensive lineman, Tim settle two years, $9 million. And again, you know, you're like Tim settle. Well, he's an impressive pass rusher that's been on the depth chart with Washington. And we know the defensive line that they've had, but you know, PFF again has his pass rush grade of over 72 in each of the last two seasons, which is a good number. And you need pass rushers that can get to the quarterbacks without blitzes in the AFC. And JT, I think that's where come November, December, January, the playoffs like Von Miller, this is where Tim Settle can give you that extra depth. You've already got Ed Oliver. Now you're bringing in Von Miller, Tim Settle. It's all about depth. They're starting to look like the Rams of the East with that D-line a little, minus, of course, Aaron Donald. But if Von Miller can do what he did, regardless of his contract and Tim Settle can continue to get more and more reps consistently on a D-line, like look out four and a half million a year for this guy is going to be one heck of a one heck of a bargain and, and, and quite a, you know, sneaky pick. So an all honorable mention to the Steelers for the James uh, Daniel signing, if I can throw all that right, in. There.
0: All right. Speaking of. So let's so let's I know we're going off script real quick. So. Let's talk about let's talk about our teams for a second. So Steelers, um, I want to talk about uh, the Mitch Trubisky signing. How do you feel about that? Because I like how I, – I don't know how we went a whole show without talking about Mitch. This is your, is your quarterback of the future next two, maybe three years.
1: Well, I how don't do you know. I, I think he's going to get an open competition with Mason Rudolph. Maybe Haskins gets a fair shake. I don't know. I don't really know if he's earned it or not. But I think it's going to be between Mason and, and Mitch. And basically the better guy in practice, training camp, OTAs, and any preseason time that they see is going to win the job. So, you know, at first I was like, ah, this is a, a waste of a signing. But, you know, maybe they're just trying to bridge the gap until they find their franchise QB. And and listen, you and I, we're not big on Mitch, so I'm not ecstatic about it. But based on the contract terms, listen, if he ends up being the backup You know he's got some incentives in there that we can let him. You know let him walk, and it's not going to hurt us. So it's not it's not a bad signing. I'm kind of indifferent at it at this point. You've got to go find it. You've got Dwayne Dwayne
0: Haskins ruined that excitement for you. Like this is Haskins all over again.
1: You've got to go find your franchise QB. If Mitch and Mason can bridge the gap for a year or two and and still be competitive without looking terrible, then you know what? As long as you find that franchise QB at the end of the day, then the Mitch signing isn't too bad listen we're not throwing 230 million guaranteed dollars at him so i'm i'm all right with it y'all should have <laughs> to mitch jabriski
0: <laughs> no to deshaun watson i don't no, know i think you guys did a good job i, I like the the flyer on mitch i mean to me if he can't beat out mason rudolph then his career is over he should just retire um i like what you guys did you guys signed was a levi wallace the the guy that the was cor- the corner for the Bills. The corner, and then
1: we re-signed uh, Witherspoon, who played really Which well Which I, I like
0: that move a lot. Uh, yes. Witherspoon is like, always like one of those kind of underrated corners, yeah. so I, that. I like that. Now, the question's going
1: to be, though, can he go from the slot to playing every down on the outside as the main guy?
0: I will say this about the Steelers, man. Like Everybody always loves to say how great you guys are at evaluating wide receiver talent. Slot corners slot is corner, for y'all, too.
1: Hilton, <laughs> like, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton. Now, now did you guys have a,
0: Brandon Boykin
1: Witherspoon? Did you guys Boykin? have him too? I believe we did. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's like it's always a slot receiver. I like the James Daniel signing. It's good for the old. It's because we
1: can't find legit outside corners. Did you notice? We always have to go sign them, right? Stephen Nelson, Joe Hayden. Like that's because we can't. We can't. I mean, you yeah. saw what happened with already Burns.
0: Yeah, I like – speaking of Artie, he's been playing good since he left uh, Steelers. He got signed to the Seahawks. I like that deal for them. And also for the Dolphins, I like the Connor Williams signing. we need offensive lineman. He played in Dallas. He was supposed to be like one of those Dallas linemen that got drafted to be the successor for, you know, like one of those, those stars. So, I think he can still play. He'll definitely be the best offensive lineman that we have. So, shout out to them
1: let for me, let making me, the move. Let me ask you this before we go then, since you asked me about the Steelers. What do you see happening? Not so much what you would like to happen, but what do you now see happening with the Dolphins at the quarterback position going into this year and the following year? What do you see happening? Again, not what you want to happen, but now that Deshaun's off the table, Russ is no longer an option, A-Rod being re-signed. We know the way the guy's in this draft, but you have Tua. So what are the Dolphins' going to do or what basically what do you how do you see the quarterback position here over the next two years
0: I think basically what the Dolphins are going to do is they're just going to ride it out and see how he does until his rookie contract is up yeah. because like you I said so like too. if I we were so going to make a quarterback change like this was a time frame to do it like there's nothing out there that was going to be at the level of what we could have got now like there's right. like there's no Deshaun there's no Russ there's no Aaron Rodgers out there there's, there's, there's no not Mitch, even Trubisky. A Mitch Trubisky out there no like, Mitch like no nothing like we can't even get Jameis, so like we're stuck with Tua, and I think that's why they signed Teddy B. So you know, if Tua does Tua things like get hurt or underwhelms, like we can at least
1: you not have a veteran, games. right? You have a veteran quarterback that is more than capable of playing quarterback in the NFL.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I think we're stuck with him, and I think they made a concerted effort to tell the NFL like we believe in him, and we're the only ones that do, and we're going to show you who's smarter. Which I don't think is going to work, but
1: that's where we are. Listen. I haven't. I know you've given up hope on Tua. I have not because I want to see what he can do with Waddle, right? I want to see what Tua can do being fully healthy. My concern is how are he they going? to He use, hasn't done any of those. Things. How are they going to use him? And you know how does the team perform now without Flores in there with with uh, Mike McDaniel in there? So well,
0: also also too like the thing that worries me about Tua and like then then we'll then we'll start talking about him because that's a whole completely different show in itself. The thing that worries me about, like, the plan for Tua is everything that we have done is to replicate what made Tua successful at Alabama. Like, that's what we've done. We put all his favorite guys around him, all the RPO concepts, all the things that made him good at Bama and made him comfortable. But now, like, we have a new coach. Like, so unless you're telling me Mike McDaniel is coming to Miami and just saying, okay, like, I'm just going to go along with the plan you guys have had for the past two years with this guy. I'm just going to – that's just going to be my plan. Like, I don't think that's how it works. Like, Mike McDaniel is coming in to run his system. So, I don't know if Tua can play in a Kyle Shanahan-like system. So, like, we're going to see what happens. Like, I just – you you know how this goes. Like, a quarterback who's young has t- consistent turnover at the coordinator position, and they just usually don't do well. Like, this is what, his it's tough. fourth yep. OC? Like, it's tough. This is a Jason Campbell route. So, I just – the odds that he pans out and does as well as people think he will, like are very, very low. And I don't understand why it's not okay to say that he's not good. Like I like to a person that he's a good kid. Like I thought coming out of Bama, he was a good prospect. And it turned out that he's not like, it's okay to say he's not but it's, good, like, but, it's n- like, but people are afraid to say that.
1: But it's like, but I think it's a little unfair to say that. Cause it's like you said, the guys had no consistency in the NFL. Offensive coordinator now head coach. And he's at an organization. That did not always build but, around the quarterback. The last but, since Marino, that, and now with that he,
0: being, with that being said, though, like I think you don't people don't get to pick and choose who they get. They can write off. Like everyone has to follow the same rules because Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen went through I think a worse situation than two, and did. they they rid him off faster. He they wrote him off faster,
1: but that's because the original organization rid him off because it's because Arizona did that. But look where Arizona is, and you look at Josh Allen. Early on the first year, no one would have thought, oh, my goodness, like, I'm so glad we drafted him. He's worth, he's worth $250 million. Now he is. But after the first year, I don't think anyone was running to the bank to sign him. And I don't think anyone was saying, oh, my goodness, we're so glad we signed this guy. We're going to be in the running every year with this guy. That wasn't true either, right? It took time to develop. So, listen, fair or not? Tua may never get that consistency in the NFL, and he, he just may have to live with it, unfortunately. But I still think right now I'm not just going to go down that road and say, oh, he's not good. Like, let's see. You never know. What you we never waiting? know. <laughs> I'm waiting on a good OC and playmakers, which they're finally starting to put little by little around him. Allow that to develop. If not, you're going to be in the same situation as Arizona, two, three years down the line with a new QB. Guess what? That QB wants out, or you don't believe in a Kyler Murray. Same thing, right. JT. We'll see. Same we'll thing. See. Same we'll thing.
0: see. Don right. thinks that Tua will turn into Rich Gannon, but we'll see what
1: happens. <laughs> Listen, if he turned into Rich Gannon, you'd be very happy because that means he wins an MVP and takes your team to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right. So that wraps up another great episode of JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. And remember to please subscribe to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT,
0: if you don't like what we
1: do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media, our handle JT and the Don. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode as always, man. Until the next episode, see ya. Peace.